0: Last Sunday evening we began thinking about seven reasons why you need to read your Bible. Now you may think, well, I know why I need to read the Bible and I'm already guilty enough and you're going to make me more guilty for not reading my Bible like I should. And I have been there and I can often be there if I'm not careful because I can get caught up like the best of us in the busyness of life. Even the busyness of ministry can keep a pastor from reading his Bible for anything more than preaching and teaching and that's not healthy for a pastor it's not healthy for God's people uh, the reason I want to emphasize the scriptures like I did last Sunday night and I'm going to tonight and the the reason I mentioned the re- the public reading of scripture is because the Bible is completely attainable by every believer it's not limited to just those who teach and preach uh, teach us or preach to us we ought not think that well you know the my pastor will explain the Bible to me and I'll just go about my life and just wait for my pastor to explain to me the Bible as he gets to particular passages you need the word for yourself and I'm confident that every believer who surrenders their heart and life and mind to the Bible God will bless you with the wisdom from his word and so I challenge you to read your Bible for yourself and carry your Bible to church and open your Bible and follow along And when you have opportunity to read the Scriptures in public, read them in public. When you have opportunity to read them with your family, read them with your family. And so we began here thinking about this last Sunday Sunday night. I said then, the reason I started uh, this mini-series, and I'll tell you right off the bat, it was going to be two Sunday nights, now it's going to be three, because I really wanted to get practical, and when I got done with my notes... This week, I had two more sermons, and I thought, I can't give you two sermons tonight, and I don't want to shorten the practical. So next Sunday night is going to be really big on practical, here's how to read your Bible, and giving you ideas. Many you may have already heard of, but I just want to be here to encourage you that you can do this. Tonight, we'll focus on the other three three reasons. We dealt with four reasons last week why you need to read your Bible. We'll deal with the other three tonight. And then next Sunday night, we'll get real practical. If you weren't here last Sunday night, I really strongly encourage you to go back, go to the website, listen to the sermon from last Sunday night, so that you'll get part one, the first four reasons. I'll kind of briefly go over them here in a moment. But we need to have the kind of attitude as followers of Jesus that we hear in the Old Testament passage that I sent you to. Do you have Hosea chapter 6 open? Look at verse 3 let us know let us press on to know the lord there's more to that passage it says his going out is sure as the dawn he will come to us as the showers as the spring rains that water the earth i want this to be your desire I want you to be passionate about reading the Bible yourself. I want Hosea 6.3 to kind of ring in your ears and, be, and, and that you would be able to put the thoughts here in your own words. Let us know. Let us press on to know the Lord. We cannot be a church if we don't have our Bibles if we don't adhere to the scriptures if we don't pay attention to god's word we will not be a church there are many institutions that call themselves churches today and people may say i'm going to church but those places those institutions do not read the word or or they or even maybe they read the word but they don't preach the word and they don't adhere and and conform their lives to what the Bible says they don't necessarily believe the word and they, they they are not in God's eyes they're not a church we need to be a church that honors the Lord by giving ourselves to the scriptures obeying the scriptures humbling ourselves before God's word and as we read it reading it with with an eye to see what God is saying to us so that we'll change our thinking about the things around us so that our, we'll be properly equipped and trained to think right. The, the God honoring thoughts when it comes to politics and business and child rearing and relationships and marriages and anything else you can think of. God has wisdom for us in his word that he wants to shape our thinking with in all of those things. And so when you look at Hosea 6.3, that's a hunger to know God's word. To know god personally to follow his ways knowing that if you do you will know the presence and the blessing of god but we aren't always the greatest at reading our bibles are we i'm i realize in a lot of ways i'm preaching to the choir so to speak that you know these things are true and you're probably convinced of these things Maybe you're not totally, but and I hope you will be as you hear these reasons why you need to read the Bible. But I realize that, by and large, most of us are convinced of this. But we would admit that we, that we probably don't read the Bible as much as we think we should or know we should. I know that's true about me. And it's probably true about many of us, if not most of us. We'd rather watch TV we're quickly, we're quickly crazy. How fast today's August first? When I get to midsummer, I start thinking about the college football season. I don't know why midsummer. I started thinking I cannot wait for the Buckeyes to play football. I was so annoying when we lived in Michigan because I was like the Buckeyes are going to play on Saturday. And there were people like we don't care. You're in Michigan. It's like I don't care. I'm in Michigan. I'm a Buckeye fan. I would love to watch. Many, many games, right? And, and there's probably things that you would like to watch on TV. Maybe you're really disciplined and you don't watch television. Praise God. Praise God for that. We've been watching some Olympics, and we don't watch a whole lot of TV. We stream some things, and we don't have to watch commercials when we stream the things that we want to see. But we've been watching Olympics, and there's wall, wall commercials. And I'm like, man, these commercials are really annoying. I've gotten used to not seeing them. Think about how much time we we waste in that Um, that thing that's not necessarily a sin if you're not sinning while you're doing it but it can become a sin if you give yourself to watching television or watching movies or streaming videos on youtube or or you know like just spending hours every week looking at facebook and things like that those things can become a detriment to our spiritual health even if the thing itself is not necessarily sin it can become a sinful action because we neglect we neglect God's word. I know it's hard. It's sometimes it's easy to feel like I just want to relax. I just want to be entertained. But when you read the Bible, and you and we tend to think this way, we tend to think there's nothing, there's nothing that's really going to capture my attention in the Bible. I'm just going to read. I'm just going to read a couple of chapters that God wants for me to read. I don't don't want us to have that kind of an attitude. I want us to get so familiar with God's Word that when we don't read it regularly, we feel like we've missed a few meals. We feel like we've missed a few days of meals. When you read the Bible, when you read the Bible as God speaking to you, because it is God speaking to you, when you meditate on the Scriptures, and what I mean by that is when you think about Scripture, so let's say you read a chapter of, of the Bible in the morning and a verse stands out to you and you try to take that verse and think about it and meditate on it during the day and the truths of that verse, you want to apply them to your life. That's what I mean by meditate. I'm not talking about something mystical like uh, stuffing the you know a Scripture under your pillow or something like that or... Uh, when you think on, when you meditate on the Scriptures, when you seek to apply the Word of Truth to your daily living, the Bible becomes a life-sustaining, life-giving book. It, it loses that, that time you thought the, boor, the Bible was boring. You no longer think that. The reason for that is God blesses you with a hunger and thirst for the word of truth when you humble yourself before it. And when you read it with an eye that you want to know what God has to say to you and you want to know how to honor Him even better than the day before. God blesses that. God, the, that, aim, that, uh, that Hosea passage, let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. His going out is sure as the dawn. He will come to us as the showers, as the spring rains that water the earth. If you go to God, He's there. He's, he'll show up in the Word as you search for Him there and search to honor Him with your life by the reading of the Scriptures into your life. So all of that to say, seven reasons. I've got seven reasons for you why you, sh- why you need to read your Bible. Last week we considered the first four. Let me quickly go over them. The Bible is God's Word, number one. Reason number one that you need to read your Bible. Think of this. The creator of the universe gave us a book. When I was away in the military, Carolyn and I started dating. Hey, Don't tell anybody, but we started dating when I was in high school and she was in college. <laughs> I promptly went off to the military and I really liked her a lot, and she was not sure about me, but I was really sure about her, and we exchanged letters. This was before email. I used to buy a phone card so I could use a payphone, and man, I spent big money on those phone cards. I wish then I would have had cell phone and a $25 a month plan like I have now. That would have been great. I could talk to, not Carolyn. She would not have talked to me as much as I wanted to talk to her. But we wrote letters. I can't even imagine getting a letter from Carolyn when I was away in the military and not ripping that thing open and reading it. I can't imagine that. Would you do that? I heard that. Would you do that? You didn't do that, did you? You would, you would read everything your, your sweet, dear one sent you. The creator of the universe wrote a book. Shouldn't we read it? To find out what He wants us to know? The Bible is God speaking to you when you read the book. 2 Timothy 3.16 This is a very well-known passage. All Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So that's reason number one. Reason number two, the Bible shows you the way to salvation from your sin. Praise the Lord that the Bible shows us the way to salvation from sin. Because we we were all there once. If you're a believer now, there was one day when you weren't. And you were lost and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. And God needed to make you alive and give you faith to see the truth in the Bible so that you would repent and believe in Him. 2 Timothy 3 15 backing up a verse from the last one and how from childhood paul writes to timothy how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in christ jesus what a beautiful picture of a of a of now an, now an adult helping lead the church And Paul reminds him, remember when you were a child and you were taught the sacred writings, when you were taught the scriptures. The best time in the world to get the scriptures into a young life is when they are young, super young, even before they can read, even maybe before they can speak. I'm for reading scripture to babies. (laughs) And we hear this when Jesus says, John 14, 6, I am am the way. The Bible, read the Bible, because the Bible points you to eternal life, to forgiveness of sins. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You needed to know that. You still need to know that. Every day you need that reminder in some form that that the only way to being right with God is through Jesus Christ. Thank God. God for God the Son, who gave Himself and was a sacrifice for sinners. Number three, the Bible prepares you. So once you're a believer, read the Bible because it's God's Word, the Bible will help you become a believer in Jesus. It shows you the way to salvation from sins. Thirdly, the Bible prepares you to serve God and the world. The Bible prepares you to serve God and the world. 2 Timothy 3 tells you that you need the Bible because, in verse 16, I read it already, but let me remind you, all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Then verse 17 says, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. It's a big, that's a huge idea, every good work. But encompassed under that is serving God, and as you serve God, you serve the world. Because God is about drawing sinners to Himself, and He wants His children to be about about witnessing the good news of Jesus Christ to the world. And we can serve the world in many ways, but as believers in Jesus Christ, our motive is we really want people to know Jesus. So we may serve them in many ways, but we really want to look for ways we're going to tell them about Jesus. Number four, the Bible stored up in your heart and applied to the mind gives you wisdom to live obediently and helps you invest your life with wisdom. To have wisdom to know how to spend your days, how to invest your days, how to invest your relationships, how to invest the resources God is entrusting to you. God has blessed us richly as an American culture. Amen. We have far more. And, and many of us are rich in in world terms. We might think we're you know we're tight financially at times, but we have far more than than we need. And God wants us to look at those things that we have, the time that we have, the skills that He's allowed us to gain, the talents that He's given us, the gifts that He's given us. He wants us to look at all those things as those are His. He's He's lending them to me, and He wants me to be a good farmer. He wants me to be a good steward. And the Bible helps you do that. Note how the Bible gives you wisdom to live obediently and invest yourself wisely, according to Joshua 1.8. Just listen. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that... You may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. God is all about helping us on the way. If we honor Him, He will show up and bless and help us to honor Him, to, to invest our lives wisely. And so, those are the first four reasons. That fourth one, the Bible stored up in your heart and applied to the mind and obeyed gives you wisdom for living obediently and helps you invest your life wisely. Those are the first four reasons we dealt with last week. You thought I was going to preach last week's sermon all over again, didn't you? Now, let's continue on to the next three reasons. Turn to Psalm 119 119, and go to verse 9 as we consider reason number 5 for why you need to read the Bible. So, we've got the Bible is God's Word. That's why you need to read the Bible. The Bible points you to salvation from your sin. The Bible teaches you how to serve God in the world. The Bible helps you learn how to invest your life wisely as you store it up in your heart and mind. But you and I know, even as believers, there's this three-letter word with an I in the middle. Have you ever thought about that? That there's a three-letter word with an I in the middle. you know what that word is? Sin. sin. We still deal with sin. And we need God's help for that. And God's word, I, I, I make that point, maybe you didn't catch it. Sin has the letter I in the middle. And we often sin when we're thinking about I, myself, ourselves, me, myself, and I. God's word will help us recognize sin in ourselves. We know how easy it is to recognize sin in our spouse, in our children, in our parents, in our neighbors. I mentioned the guy that pulls out in front of you in traffic this morning. That guy, you know, he sinned by pulling out in front of you. It's your road, not his. I've been there a couple times. So we need help from God's Word so that we don't forget that we sin. And we need to get right with God at times. We need to be in tune to God's Word. And God's Word will help tune our hearts to be attentive to when we've sinned. Psalm 119 and verse 9, follow along. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. How can you learn to recognize when you are not being obedient to God if you don't have God's standard for righteousness feeding your heart and mind in your life? The Word of God. Verse 9 is telling us that we need the Word of God to guard our way. To guard us on our way. Day to day we need the Word of God. Guarding the way that you live. Guarding you from unrepentant sin. Think about this. The Bible helps guard you from unrepentant sin. Sin breaks our fellowship with God. Unrepentant sin breaks our fellowship with God. If you keep going, keep on going in sin, and you refuse to repent... You will not have fellowship with God. You will not have the joy of the Lord as your strength. You can't count on the help of God when you need it most. Often, God doesn't want us to be happy and content when we're off sinning. He he lets us get miserable and more miserable and more miserable until hopefully we come to our senses. God's Word, as you read God's Word and study God's Word and and memorize God's Word and seek to meditate on it, even a, a little sliver of truth every day that you've read, God blesses that and helps you be attentive to when you've sinned so that you don't go on and on and on and on unrepentantly breaking your fellowship with God, removing yourself from God's blessings. Verse 10 makes it clear that the follower of the Lord who seeks Him with his or her whole heart will have the help of the Lord. I want the Creator of the universe's help. How about you? I know I've said that before, but I'll keep saying I want God's help because He's God and I'm not. He's omniscient and I'm not. He's all-powerful and I'm a weakling. His Holy Spirit will help me be disciplined when I don't have self-discipline. If I will surrender to His Word and yield to His Spirit, when I surrender myself to God, God shows up and helps. The Bible is a spiritual book. It's a spiritual book, so it does. God intends to do spiritual work with it. He wants to change you spiritually. He wants to change your heart, and from that changes your mind. And from there, it changes your attitude, your conduct, your speech, your, your desires. I always remember, and I think I've mentioned this once before, but I always remember hearing my dad as a youngster talk, talking about witnessing to unbelievers and helping them understand because sometimes people think i don't want god because that means i'm going to have to give up a b and c and and they don't understand and we want to help people understand you don't if you truly trust in the lord jesus christ and you surrender your life you repent of your sin and you say i want to turn from sin and I want to follow God, guess what? God changes. My dad always said, God changes your wanter. He was an English teacher, and I don't think that's a real word. God changes your wanter. (laughs) He changes your desires. That's a miracle. The Bible is a spiritual book, so God does a spiritual work in your heart with the word, when you hide God's word in your heart, when you seek Him with your whole heart in His word. And verse 11 focuses on your need to continually read the Bible. Look at verse 11 again. I have stored up, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I like to think of this like I think of my freezer when it's full of meat. The freezer full of meat isn't going to stay full because I have a grill in the backyard, especially this time of year. And so I need to keep bringing meat home to put in the freezer because I want to keep keep it stored up so I always have something to turn to. You need to look at God's Word that way. You need to store up. Keep putting it in. Keep putting it in. Guess what? The world's trying to take it out. The devil's trying to take it out of your heart and mind. The devil's trying to distract you with busyness and things that you might think are important or things the world says are important that are not. Again, God's Word helps you become a good steward of your time and your thought life and your, your recreation time and your relaxation time. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't relax or recreate, but it gives us wisdom about how these things balance out in our lives. So read the Bible because it teaches you to recognize sin in your life and will keep you from living in unrepentant sin. If you truly desire to have the the Word of God dwelling in you richly, God will show up and use the Word in your life and will show you, hey, Kevin, you need to get this right. And let me help you because God is all about helping us. That leads us to the sixth reason that you need to read the Bible. And you need to read the Bible because it helps you turn from sin to obedience. The Bible helps you put off the sinful things and put on the God-honoring things. It's not God is not about just removing sinful things from your life, sinful habits from your life. He is about replacing them with the thing that you desperately need. And it's the truth of His Word when it comes to work in our lives. Go to Ephesians chapter 6. The Bible helps you turn from sin and to obedience. Ephesians chapter 6, again, the Bible is a spiritual book because our lives are spiritual. There are spiritual forces at work in our lives and in this world. And God equips us for the spiritual work, the spiritual lives that we live. Ephesians chapter 6, let me read a few verses, beginning at verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God." and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert, with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Verse 13 says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. What's the therefore? Therefore, it's because we're living spiritual lives and there are spiritual forces going on all around us and we don't wrestle against flesh and blood our enemies are really not people it's it's the devil and his sinful forces therefore take up the whole armor of god that's that begins by taking up the bible you need the word of god to help you understand each piece of the armor that's enumerated here And you probably remember this. If you were here then uh, several months ago, we did a a short series through that particular passage. If you want to go back to that passage and listen to those sermons, uh, spiritual warfare, look for the spiritual warfare category on the church website. You'll see all those sermons there. Kind of going through step by step what those pieces of spiritual armor are. But we find out what those are and we learn how to use them with the word of God dwelling in us richly. And you're going to need the sword of the Spirit. Did you see that? You're going to need the sword of the Spirit. Read the Word of God. Read the Bible, because it will help turn you from sin and to obedience. You're going to need the Word of God for that. You will need the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, from verse 17, to help you stand firm in your faith, as we've been hearing in Philippians. And standing firm means that you're going to pursue obedience. That's verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. You cannot do that without the Word of God dwelling in you richly. So you should keep asking God for help in your fight against temptation and sin. You should read the Bible to know God and His ways and His desire for you and the way that you should live. And the Bible gives you this promise. Listen to Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. If you pursue wisdom from God's Word, if you read all of Scripture, you need all of Scripture. Read the book from end to end. And we'll get into this next week, but really, I'm talking about a lifelong devotion to reading the Bible, not a this year I'm going to read through the Bible devotion. It's good to start with a year. It's good to start with a day, two days, a week. But what I'm talking about is lifelong devotion. Think about how much longer you could possibly live. The younger that you are, the, the possibility is that you could have several decades ahead of you. I'm thinking I might have several decades ahead of me, unless the Lord takes me home <laughs> or returns and that'd be all right think about that think about all the time that you have to invest in god's word so his word is investing god is taking his word investing in you to help you live the way he wants you to live as a powerful force for the gospel in this world so you need the bible read the bible for yourself Keep asking God to help you in your fight against temptation and sin. Keep keep asking God to help you understand His word more fully and and to know Him more fully. And the Bible gives you that promise from Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. God loves to answer these kinds of prayers. And this... Humble heart before His Word. Read the Bible with a whole heart, with a whole humble heart. Pursue the truth of the Bible, because as Matthew 26, 41 says, Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The Spirit indeed is willing. You want to do right, but the flesh is weak. You have a hard time pulling it off sometimes, but the Spirit is there to help you. And the Word is there to help you, and the Spirit wants to take the Word and use it as you feed on it. So watch and pray. That will always include paying attention to God's Word. You don't know how to pray unless you read the Bible. You'll end up praying selfishly if you don't read the Bible. Read the Bible so you'll know how to pray. That's reason number eight, maybe. (laughs) You need spiritual strength, and God will give it to you. If you'll humble yourself before His Word. And then back to Ephesians 4 and verse 24, we hear this instruction to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. That's God's desire for you, that you grow in Christ likeness and your life becomes this sweet, savory aroma of Christ likeness that's more Christ like, that's more spiritual, more righteous, more holy. And I'm not talking about pious. We ought not be pious people like I've got religion and you don't. We need God's help to deal with our own temptations and sins, and we're going to need His help as long as we're living here on earth. So put yourself in the Bible, put your God, put God's word into you, and God's God will help you live His word out. You need to read the Bible because it will help you turn from sin and to obedience. And it will help you put off sinful ways, sinful thinking. The old man that was dead, dead in his trespasses and sins, that couldn't do anything but dishonor God. What you were before Christ and put on the new man, the man or woman that God has made you in Christ because He's given you new life in Christ. He's given you life. And He's indwelling you with His power, with His Spirit to help you apply the Scriptures to your own heart and mind and life and to obey Him. This leads us to reason number seven why you need to read the Bible. Seven, Number seven, the Bible helps you avoid error and avoid being deceived by false teaching. And we can get false teaching and error just about anywhere these days. It's all over. It's not just false teachers that show up in a religious environment. I'm talking about false teaching that we hear from the government or from our favorite TV programs. It amazes me. It appalls me. Some shows that I may have enjoyed over the years to watch and I begin to, you know, it seems like lately they keep putting in in people who are homosexuals and in a, you know trying to brainwash us into believing that that's that's right and god's word says it's wrong and i'm and i don't want to condemn anybody who struggles with same-sex attraction i want them to see the truth of god's word i want them to be i want them to be overcome with a spirit drawing them to himself and realize they can overcome this temptation too and it's heartbreaking to see how easy it does for us to get false teaching in the things that we call entertainment. And this is we can spend an hour watching something that we enjoy, and I'm as guilty as the next person, and they've loaded it with stuff to just brainwash into thinking God's word is a lie. First Timothy six. Go with me there, would you? First Timothy six. You need the Bible because it will help you avoid error and help you avoid being deceived by false teaching. We see here the importance of being on guard against error. In fact, all of chapter 6 points to the need to read. It points to, it doesn't necessarily talk about reading the Scriptures, but it points to the need to read and submit to God's Word so that we will be able, so that we will be equipped with the truth, so that we will avoid error on our part and false teaching that comes into our minds, our lives, keeping us from being led astray. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 3. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil, suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. Now look at verse 11. But as for you, speaking to believers, O man of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, Faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness, fight the good fight of faith. Verse 13, I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 20, O Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. That's the word of truth. That's the gospel. Guard the deposit entrusted to you. Avoid the irreverent babble and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. That's our world today, isn't it? The things that are falsely called knowledge. Avoid the irreverent babble and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. For by professing it, some have swerved from the faith. So you need to submit your life to God's Word. You need to submit your life to reading God's Word. Devote the rest of your days that God blesses you with to reading His Word. And the Bible will guard you from error. Whether that error is because You're led by your own sinful desires, that's possible that you could be led into error because you're just doing what you want to do. I remember being there one time going, I know the right thing to do. I don't want to do it. I'm gonna do what I want to do. And man, I was miserable. I thank I thank God that I knew the right thing to do. And God convicted my heart and, and brought me back to Himself. The Bible is so good at that. God knows what you need better than better than you know what you need. And as you read the Bible, it will help you observe when you are thinking wrong thoughts, <laughs> that you're not thinking truth, or you've convinced yourself that something's, th- something's okay because you feel strongly about it, or you really want that thing, or you wanna, really want to do that thing, and you're just going to ignore what the Bible says. And I cannot tell you how many times I've heard people say, I know what the Bible says, but be really careful that that's not you. Say, I know what the Bible says, and I must obey. You also need the Bible because there are false teachers, and there is false truth in the world in which we live. And you need to be able to avoid those false teachers and the teaching that they proclaim. And the Bible is exceedingly good at helping you recognize false teaching. I am so grateful to God for having grown up in the church. I am so grateful to God for growing up with a pastor for a father who preached the Word. My pastor growing up was my father all my years growing up. There were just a couple of times when he wasn't pastoring, but he always took us Sunday Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, to a church where there was the preaching of God's Word. I'm so thankful that my parents made me memorize as hard as it was for me that they sent me to a Christian school from about the sixth grade through the twelfth grade, and every month I had to memorize a, a whole chapter of the Bible, which I really struggled with. My little brother could do it in two days. I couldn't do it in 30. That he, he's like a LeBron James that can dunk the ball. He's got this brain, right? That I say, that's what I'm saying, that God gave him a gift, he didn't give me. But I'm so thankful for those times that I was made to memorize, even though I didn't enjoy it at the time, at times. I'm so glad that I've heard thousands and thousands of sermons from the Word of God. I'm so glad that I have Bibles of my own, and I was given Bibles at a young age, and I was encouraged to read the Bible for myself because I can't always put my, my, my finger on the exact thing that is false. I can't always do that. But more often than not, I go, wait, that's, something's not right about that. Right. <laughs> Something is not right about that. I need to think about that. That's not right. And I praise God for that. And I think it's because I've been soaked in the Word. Right. And, I, and a lot of that soaking was other people soaking me in the Word, and I praise God for that. Don't hesitate to be that person who shows up with the Bible and says, hey, let's read the Bible. So there's seven reasons. And I said last week I could give you 21 reasons or 101 or 1,001 reasons to read the Bible. I added number eight there because you need to learn how to pray. That's a good one. Maybe I should make it eight next week. But seven reasons why you need to read the Bible. But I'm not done. Give me a couple more minutes here. I said I wanted to give you practical ideas. I'm going to do that next week. But let me challenge you with this. I challenge you to make time for reading the Bible. There are lots of things in our lives that we make time for. You need to make time for the Bible. Will you devote yourself to reading the Bible and reading it again and again and again? Will you devote yourself to reading the Bible for the rest of your life? And I'm not talking about that if you miss a day, shame on you. I'm talking about, being devoted to reading the Scriptures. Should you read the Bible every day? I think you should. and I think you'd be mightily blessed if if you pull that off. But will you devote yourself? Will you devote yourself to reading the Bible for yourself for the rest of your life? Reading it once through is an accomplishment. But you've just begun. It's like sticking your finger in the icing on the cake eat the whole cake you need the whole cake you need to keep reading god's word charles spurgeon said nobody ever outgrows scripture the book widens and deepens with our years that is true that's a wise statement a.w tozer ever hear of him he was a minister in the early to mid-1900s. He died in 1963. I learned something interesting as I was looking up this quote. I heard it somewhere and I wanted to find out who said it. It was A.W. Tozer who said this thing that I heard. Interestingly, he was from rural Pennsylvania, born in rural Pennsylvania, born again in Akron, Ohio. Pretty cool. His grave is in Akron, in, in Akron Ohio. But he was well known for his devotional writing. I've got about that, maybe maybe about that many books of his. They're about that tall and... And little tiny books, but really good devotional books on all kinds of topics. Interestingly, he didn't, he didn't get any formal education past the sixth grade. He was a self-taught minister of the gospel and a bright man who knew the Word of God and had a deep understanding of the Word of God and had a really good knack for teaching it to people. And those little books on my bookshelf were my grandfathers on my mom's side of the family. My grandfather Shipley, when he died, I got that little section of A.W. Tozer books that my grandfather read. He said this. A.W. A. W. Tozer wrote, The Word of God well understood and religiously obeyed is the shortest route to spiritual perfection and we must not, Select a few favorite passages to the exclusion of others. Nothing less than a whole Bible can make a whole Christian. Get that? Now, I get his, I get his use of the word perfection there. I don't, I don't think we're going to arrive at perfection this side of heaven. But I do get what he's getting at. And I think he means that we ought to strive for perfection. Strive to be right with the Lord and like Christ, and I love that statement at the end, nothing less than a whole Bible can make a whole Christian. Another statement I heard one time, I really appreciate the ministry of John MacArthur, and I'm going to share a couple of his resources next week. But I heard him talking about, no, I think I heard his, he's got kind of a right-hand man who helps him with editing of his books. His name is Phil Johnson. And I think I heard him being interviewed one time. And he had graduated from Moody, and he really wanted to be in a part, the part of that ministry. And he was being interviewed for the job in, by John MacArthur in his study. And he didn't even ask him very many questions, but he said, Let me see your Bible. And he handed him his Bible. And John MacArthur flipped through his Bible, and he says, Huh. Close the book and hand it back to, to him. I was like, your Bible's almost worn out. That means you're not. You're hired. <laughs> um, if your Bible's worn out, you're probably not worn out. You're probably not burned out. You are probably going to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. Wear your Bible out, searching the scriptures, reading the Bible for yourself. So I challenge you to commit yourself, devote yourself to the daily reading of your Bible. And I want to talk about next week reading your Bible, reading the whole Bible, because I, I really appreciate that Tozer statement. Nothing less than a whole Bible can make a whole Christian. We need to be convinced of that, because if God gives us many more years, we ought to invest ourselves wisely with His Word so that we'll be good for Him on earth and know the joy of the Lord is our strength. Let's say with the psalmist, as we heard earlier tonight, With my whole heart I seek You. Let me not wander from Your commandments.